Yes, sir. How you expect to be great, but your hustle don't match. Listen. I hustle over time, attempt to push the culture forward This that real shit, make a meal with that little gift Everybody on the hustle, we can make a real shift So keep your head up youngin' and just keep on moving. And if you ain't hustling, then I don't know what you're doing. The time is now I'm sorry, I'm not sorry Hey yo man, we back at it. It's Saturday. It's your boy, man, Marcus Stone, aka Hustle. This is the Unapologetic Hustle, man. We coming to you live from Globe Life Park, powered by Fishbowl Radio Network and Bashani Radio App, man. And um I gotta say, it's been it's been interesting thus far and uh you know, we can't let the hustle stop, you know that. So without further ado, man, my guest today is none other than uh, Miss Mary Tobin. She is the executive director of um, the Easter region for The Mission Continues. Uh, this this brilliant young lady, um, I had the privilege of serving with uh, overseas, uh, doing doing our thing. And um, what what I like the most about this individual is the fact that uh, she stayed true to who she is, and she's uh, an individual that's for the people, and everything that she does uh, exudes that. Every every decision, every entity that she's worked for has been about veterans and people, about the community. Um, and those that, that have followed know that I, I continue to talk about being that change, um, and she has done that time over and time again. And... Um, yeah, I, I just want to jump in, and, and we're gonna go ahead and, and get get going. Miss Mary Tobin, welcome to the hustle. Thank you so much for having me. Hey. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> You've been making your moves, and I've been watching. I'm like, ooh, she, you know, she doing this, she doing that. But um, you know, I finally, I finally got you here on 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 the hustle for sure. So. Um, I like to start off every every show um, with giving my guests some words, and I want you to say the first thing that comes to mind when you hear it, all right? Okay. Unapologetic. Grind. Hustle. Every day. Legacy. Always. Ooh. Ooh, I like We're going to touch on that one. <laughs> We're going to touch on that one. <laughs> I like that game. <laughs> Man, all right, final one, final one. All right, um, logic. Illogical. Mm. Illogical logic. That's yeah. dope. Yeah. <laughs> That's dope. Okay, so um, for those that don't know Mary Tobin, get, let's give them some insight because, I mean, I could have gone through your your bio. That would have took an hour in itself because you you've done so much. But I want them to hear it from your vantage point because you convey it so well, um, and I, I wouldn't do it any justice. So give us an insight. Who is who is Mary Tobin? Mary Tobin is a person who is crazy enough to believe that she can change the world. Mm. So that's first. Um, two, I 
am unapologetically from the undisputed king of cities, ATL, Georgia. So all I right, represent, all right, all right, all right. I represent my city to the core, living pepper wings, Atlanta Falcons, all of that. That's me. Love my city. Um, everything that I am, I, I owe to my city the grit, the grind, the hustle, the pride, and being black, the history associated with this city. Um, I grew up seeing two sides of the world, right? One where, um, you know, I have the MLKs in my purview uh -huh. and I know to fight for my people. And another is where I grew up poor. And so I'm, I'm growing up like in the mud, learning how to, to how to grind for the things that I want and how to fight for the things that I want. So I'm a fighter. Um, and you can see that in everything that I, I do in my life. You know, I, I went to the military when I was uh, 17, went to West Point. Um, which was bold in in of itself, right? Right. To, to leave Atlanta and go to the United States Military Academy and to become an officer in the Army and to be bold enough to think I could be half of a good officer even <laughs> in combat and to learn all of those really, really hard lessons about being um, a woman in a male unit, being a black officer in a majority officer unit and just being a, a darn good leader, right? Mm. So... Um, I would say that all of those hardships and that grinding have created a leader. I am a leader. I, I often say I'm a leader's leader, that uh, I get most joy from mentoring, developing and coaching other leaders who will go out and change the world. And I think that's why um, I love when you ask me about the word legacy, because it's always we need to always be thinking about what are we leaving behind? Right. Be better than when I found it. Um, so I am crazy. I'm unapologetic. I represent <laughs> And I'm a leader's leader. That's who that's who Mary Tobin is. Man, look, I and I, I can say more than that because that's just from your <laughs> vantage point. But I'm not even gonna touch. We're not even gonna touch on the on the ATL stuff because you got people in the studio <laughs> popping their collars and stuff. I'm like, oh, here we go. You know, you, you look. You see all the day. microphone is black and gold all day long. Come on now. <laughs> oh God, here yeah, we go. Right, right, right. No, but um. You know, you you spoke on ATL, and and one thing that I was proud that you received was was the the commemoration from from the NFL and your yeah. hometown Atlanta Falcons, and I was like, yo, that's big. Uh, even even somebody that don't like the Falcons, uh, you know, <laughs> when those Sundays come, I, I had to I had to tip my hat off, man, because that was that was big and uh, definitely deserving for uh, individuals such as yourself. And um, I couldn't I couldn't be more proud to see you receive that. Um, I'm oh, sure you, you got so it much. in the frame, uh, posted yeah, up somewhere. Of course, of course. <laughs> like, you, you can you can have my shoe collection before you have my letter from Matt Ryan. What? <laughs> I will fight over that. What? Yeah. yeah, that's that's awesome. But so you touched on a lot of things that that I wanna I wanna get into um, when you were telling individuals who Mary Tobin is. You talked you talked about. Um, your decision to go to West Point, you talked about uh, being a female in a male unit, um, being a leader, being a black female um, in that environment as well. And those things continue to um, not beat us down, but you continue to shine a light on those issues throughout the organizations that I've seen you involved with. Um, and then things that you just do in the community. So I wanna I wanna touch on that because I want individuals to understand that you they can do it too. Um, right. And it, it yeah. takes a mindset in order to make those things happen uh, to push forward. But you're somebody that I have seen 
and that I know that has done it and been an example of what that looks like and where you can go. Um, you know, hopefully one day I get to sit on that CNN camera like you did. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm striving to, to, you know, I'm following Mary in her, in her footsteps. Mary had a little lamb. I'm the lamb. Here we go. So, <laughs> but I want to touch on those things um, because I, I think that is 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 definitely relevant. But people want to know um how they how they go about doing it and and things that you know some of the pitfalls that you may have encountered um yeah. and where your mindset took you to push you beyond what you were faced with at that point in time you know what i mean yeah yeah they, they, I, I i follow i try to follow kind of three principles i think one is be the best at what you do mm. right and the, and the best doesn't mean you don't make any mistakes and you don't have any flaws but you need to try to learn your learn your craft, to hone your craft, to always keep becoming better at it. Be an expert at what you do so that it doesn't matter what stage you step on, what environment you go into, what organization you're called to lead, lead in. The one thing you can be very confident about is that you know your stuff, right? No mm. one no one can ever question you on that. And I think, you know, especially as a minority woman, um, you know, you can go into majority environments or environments that are predominantly white and something happens called the imposter syndrome, where right. even though you are dope as all get out, you walk into this environment and you start to question, how did I get here? Absolutely. Do I even belong here? Like, did somebody make a mistake and I accidentally got in? But if you know your stuff, right, you can begin to like defeat that, like beat that back so that you can truly shine as the person um, that you've been created to be right. So that's so that's one be dope at what you do and never stop being dope at what you do And the minute that you think that you've made it and you don't have anything else to learn Then you need to step aside because I guarantee you there's somebody coming behind you who's doper than you Right, right? And so that's like just facts that there's always somebody on your heels But you can only be you right so make sure that you know your stuff I think the second point the second principle is um, It's amazing what we can accomplish when we don't care who gets the credit Mm. Right. So when I go into environments, even if I am, you know, the boss or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, my sole goal is to make sure that everyone succeeds. Everyone succeeds. Everyone becomes better because of my leadership, uh, that there's a project. If a project happens, everyone gets the credit. Right. If there's an opportunity for someone to to shine or to get recognition that they haven't gotten before, I make sure that that happens. Because if the unit or the organization succeeds, then I succeed as a leader. Um, and then I want to say, lastly, integrity is everything. Mm. It's all you have. Your word is all you have. So the moment you decide that your integrity is negotiable or that I can lie about this thing or cut a corner around that thing, then you have just began to go down um, a very, very dangerous trail, right? right? A trail that I say is, is far away from excellence, but a trail that negotiates your um, your reputation, it negotiates your legacy, and it, it negotiates your ability to succeed. 
So if you're a person who's dope at what you do and you never stop learning, if you're mm-hmm. a person who elevates others and always looks uh, to make your organization better than you found it, and anytime you open your mouth, that is exactly what it is, and no one ever has to question what you said, then that is how you become excellent at what you do. And that is how I began to overcome some of the systemic barriers, things like racism and sexism and everywhere I went. Right. Because even if you didn't like the fact that I had ovaries, or you didn't like the fact that I wore braids and cornrows in my head and I'm a sister girl, right? Even if you didn't <laughs> like that, you could not argue that I was damn good at my job. That's what you Facts. couldn't argue. You couldn't argue that I wouldn't uh, show up to work first and leave last. You couldn't argue that what I said was what I meant and it was the truth. You couldn't argue with that. And so after a while, you have to decide if you want to have anything to do with me, if you want to work with me. And then after a while, you realize if you don't, that's that's actually your problem. And that's right. a character flaw because us working together is better for the team. It's better for the unit. Right. So, um, you know, when I just remain committed to those three principles, then it's not that I ignored the barriers that were present. It was I made it really, really hard for you not to like me. Absolutely. And, and I made it hard and I made it I made you focus on the gifts and the talents and the valuable traits that I bring to the organization. And and, and that's you know, that I think that's why I like I like, you know, the name of your, your podcast so much, <laughs> right? Because you can be unapologetic in your greatness. And your greatness when you are Absolutely. truly great. Absolutely. You, know, you you can't be sorry. And then be unapologetic. You got to pick a struggle. You got to you got to pick one. You you have you have to pick one. Either do you want to you want to live in your nightmare or you want to create your dream. Oh, I like that. You know what I mean? Write, so I'm writing that down. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm supposed to be learning from you today. <laughs> but I mean, it's real, you know, because when when you think about it, if you're if you're apologetic in how you're you're going about your day, uh, and, and I'm not. And I always phrase this. I'm not talking about negativity, right? right. I, I'm, I'm saying you have to be unapologetic in who you are about being that positive change. So if you're always second guessing who you actually are and where you see yourself going, then it contradicts what what you're doing, right? Because you're yeah. always you're always following where the wind wind blows you, right? I Somebody said I didn't I didn't do this well. Well, I need to go work on that because. Such and such said this. Well, it's not you, you know. Right. Um, I was speaking with with a friend a, uh, a couple of days ago, and I was like, you know, you have to think about it from the principle of a seed, right? A seed only knows to be what it a seed actually is, yeah. right? And it's it's the environment that actually changes what that seed becomes yeah. as it continues to grow, right? But what what is affected is when that seed starts to sprout, and it's a it's a um, the outside environment tends to mess it up, blows the leaves off, or, you know, you can't turn a watermelon seed into an orange seed, right? But we don't focus enough on the roots that are grounded in that soil for us to even get beyond the ground, right? So that's the piece that I want people, and I try to get people to focus on, what are are the roots of you, right? Because the stronger your roots are, then you're you're more rooted into who you are so you can be the best you and then that positive change can happen in our communities. But we're, we're, we tend to follow what society labels us as, you know, yeah. what yeah. Um, we fall subjective to it, right? And it hinders us in the, in the aspect that unapologetic is a term that is looked at as negatively, 
yeah. <laughs> when in actuality, you know, I view it as positive. You know, yes. I'm unapologetic with who I am. I am striving to be the best me possible so that my legacy and me being unapologetic lives on. Right. Um, right. In the fact of yeah. my kids, my community, those that sur- I surround myself with, so on and so forth, so that we can continue to see um, these barriers and paradigms shift uh, for the better. Yeah. No, I, I think unapologetic speaks to to who you really are. Right. So everyone, I believe everyone is born with purpose. Absolutely. Right? And and only you can be you. Only you can can add the flavor to this earth and to this world um, that you're created to add, right? No one else can beat you being you. So when you find out who it is you are, you find out what your roots are and your roots are dope, right? You are an artist, you are creative, you are a thinker, you are a speaker, you, all those things, right? Once you find that out, you should not apologize for that ever. And you should always bring that to wherever you are, whatever environment you are in. And I, that's why I love that you said, like, you keep reminding people that it is not negativity. It is identity. Absolutely. Unapologetic is identity. Like, I am unapologetic. <laughs> that's it. I know who I am. Yeah. And guess what? I'm going to tell you who I am and I'm going to be who I am no matter where I'm planted. Right. Because I, I work too hard to figure this out. So you're going to deal and how you should deal is you should be blessed, right? Like Absolutely. Because the, the, this whole thing, this whole experiment of creation is how do we find out who we are? And then when we find out who we are, how do we bless others around us, right? And how do we leave a legacy of greatness, right? When we mm-hmm. pat, when we transition on. Um, but even more so, right? Like how, how much did I get in touch with who I am, right? Because that, you know... You know, you know, brother, I'm a I'm a Christian. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. You know, at the, at the essence, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian, but I cuss a little. But at the, <laughs> at the, <laughs> the essence of who I am is the day that I find out who I truly am. I feel like that is the day that I truly reflect the glory of God. Mm. Right. When he thought of me before my parents thought of me. Right. He had something in mind. Right. So every day I'm striving to become that something in mind. And when I become that something in mind, then not only is that glorifying God, but now it's like everybody around me is getting blessed. Right. And hopefully that sets off, you know, that it's like pushing down a set of dominoes, right? Like I get it, then you get it, and then they get it. And when we all get it, that's that's what gives me the boldness, right, to go into an environment and say, nah. You're not you're not going to treat me bad because I know who I am. Absolutely. And so I'm not going to lower my identity to match how you think of me. I'm going to force you to raise your level up and your level of thinking and your level of uh, perception around who I am. So that's why I can fight um, for our people and environments that don't historically fight for us because I once because I know who I am. Absolutely. So I can't I can't forget that. Right. So that so that's that's where I want to say that's where my roots come from. And that's why, you know, when I talk about growing up, growing up in the shadow of MLK, man, you can't grow up around all these black folks who who say we are we deserve equality and we are great and we are wonderful and we are unique. 
you can't grow up around all these folks and not start to believe it. Absolutely. That, and so that's, I met, that's I met facts. around and started to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Um, and and we'll, we'll, we'll definitely touch on that, too, as well. But, hey, for those of you just tuning in, um, it's your boy, Marcus Stone, a.k.a. Hustle Man. We're coming to you live from Globe Life Park, powered by Fishbowl Radio Network and Bashani Radio App. And um, my guest today is none other than Miss Mary Tobin, uh, a dear friend of mine who is a a delight to speak with, um, and and just to hear her speak about her her time and her growth uh, to be who she is. Um, but Mary, look, I want to I want to touch back on something that that we mentioned. It's like you, it's it's hard when you when you identify your why and your purpose, right? Why? Why would you not edify what your purpose is to align yourself with what somebody think your purpose is? Mm. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> well, well one, well, one, I think because we are conditioned. I, I would say taught, but I wouldn't say that. I don't think anyone intentionally teaches us to do this. But I think we are conditioned, especially in society, to define the value of us, mm. of our work, who we are on what we do by others, right? So, right. you know, I work in the nonprofit sector. Uh, we don't get paid a lot of money, newsflash. Right. Um, <laughs> we, we, we do it, we work in the nonprofit sector because we feel, a lot of us feel called to do so. Mm-hmm. A lot of us, that aligns with our passion. Sometimes it aligns with our trauma, right? So I work to fight poverty because I was poor and I don't want to see anybody else be poor, right? Absolutely. And, but ultimately, you're not working in the nonprofit sector to get rich. You're working in the nonprofit sector to make a change. But if I looked around me, right, I got I got some dope friends. I promise you, like they're crazy dope, like businessmen and women, um, leaders in their industries. Mm-hmm. Uh, they own their own uh, multi-million dollar uh, organizations and firms. And if I looked at their dopeness and compared it to my dopeness, I would start to think, you know what, maybe I'm missing out or maybe I'm coming up short or maybe I'm not doing something right. Right. Because surely if if I was doing the right thing and if I was like really striving for greatness, that I would be going on trips to the south of France and I would be driving, (laughs) you know, a G-Wagon and I wouldn't be worried about finances you know, every month, like I wouldn't have those worries. Like, so it it is the 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 I want to say it is the threat of comparison, mm. right? That if I, I if I take my eyes off of the goals and objectives and the things that are unique to who I am, the things that I can accomplish in the world, and I start to focus on what others are doing, I can easily swerve the lane, mm. right? I can right. easily believe that. You know what? I'm not as dope as I think I am, right? If 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 I'm, you know, my I have a beautiful goddaughter who literally since she was five years old, she's an artist, and I and I mean, you know, not the you know where you you know parents brag on their kids drawing something and, and the drawing's really crappy, but you just say, ooh, look at my baby. You're right, right. No, I mean like <laughs> I mean the anime sketches, the sculpting, the uh the painting that she does. She's always been an artist. But me, I grew up hardcore. You going to college, you studying, um, you're becoming a lawyer, a doctor. Something, uh, you, yeah. You're going to West Point, you're following me, something like that. And 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 for the first couple of years of me kind of, you know, being in that and being her life and raising her, I'm trying to 
make her fit into a mold of what I believe success is. Meanwhile, this baby is fighting tooth and nail against me to be her. <laughs> the and, be, and, and, yeah. and, and, and at about the age of 12, I said, why do I not, why haven't I allowed my mind to see my baby as the next Van Gogh mm. or Georgia O'Keeffe? Don't like, have to work as hard I either. I allow my mind to, <laughs> to see greatness in what I can already tell is her calling. Right. I'm forcing her out of her calling because of my insecurities and my fears that she'll grow up and won't be nothing. She ain't going to make no money because that's what I've been taught. Right. Right. So the minute I freed myself of any notions or misconceptions that she needs to be a thing, then I, this this young lady began to flourish. So wow. now instead of me, you know, hey, hey, baby girl, um, you know, do you want to be a lawyer? Do you want to be a teacher? Do you want to be a doctor? It's let's talk about what colleges or schools can help continue to build your skills as an artist once you graduate from high school. And the amount of research that this young lady does that she puts into thinking through that, like how it aligns with her skills and her talents. Right. And I'm myself. I could have been one of those people that crushed her goals and her dreams because I was trying to box her in. So I think it starts early, brother. Awesome. I think it starts early. And I don't think parents and mentors mean any harm, but You're just um, not aware. we often don't see ourselves and we don't see each other the way God sees us. Mm. And imagine if we just let people just be and let, and let God do the work, man. It it, just, it would change it would change everything. You it know would what I mean? Change everything. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think that that depends on the individual as well. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, and I can speak from personal experience the fact that um, I was told early on that I should be a motivational speaker. I should mm -hmm. do X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? But yeah, I yeah. was I was looking to fit myself into what. I the individuals that I looked up to like yeah. man I I can't do that like why yeah. like why am I why am I gonna go stand in front of a crowd and what do I have to say yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah like who's gonna come and listen to me but right. you know as as the the age old adage said is that you know hindsight is twenty twenty you yeah. know I'm not on a physical stage speaking about positive things and motivating people to do what they they are called to do their purpose but i still have that stage now right and it right. wasn't until yeah. i realized it myself to you know you have to be unapologetic about who you are period you know you know what you want for yourself you know uh the dreams only you have those dreams right those yeah. dreams are given to you you know it's not like you have somebody can tap into your mind and know what you're dreaming when you're sleeping you know what I mean? Like right. <laughs> they're right, they're right. given to you, and they're given to you for that that reason right. and that purpose. So it's it's on you to take action to bring that stuff to fruition. Um, one because it's your calling. Two, right. it was given to you uh, for a reason, right? Um, there's a message in in all of it, and it's about how you how you take that information and go forward. You know, every nightmare is not necessarily a nightmare when you put right. things in action. Right. It's just to to lighten or alarm the aspect that, hey, this is a serious matter. Right. You need to yeah. you need to get going um, or you will you know, you may see uh, the downfall from from not moving uh, hastily. So 
Um, I think it, it, it's twofold in a sense to perspective where that individual has to realize what their purpose is. So you have yeah. to look inward a lot more than you look outward uh, because it can change the dynamic as well. Yeah, I, there was a, a rapper, Christian rapper by the name of The Truth, mm-hmm. and he had a song um, years ago that basically talked about finding your purpose. Yeah. And and one of the things that he says, and I'm going to paraphrase it badly, but he, he says the things that frustrate you the most, mm. the things that draw that you're drawn to, that get your attention the most, like those are breadcrumbs in finding your purpose. Right. So if I, if this thing always gets on my neck, like, Oh, why, why are things like this? Like write that down. That's a breadcrumb. Right. If there is something that always like punctures your heart, like, you know, the minute you hear of that thing, it, it, it evokes emotion, right? Write that down. That's a breadcrumb. The thing that you get super duper passionate about, right? Like you can hear the passion in my voice. Cause I love this. I yeah. love these types of conversations. Write it down, Mary. That's a that's a breadcrumb, right? And and so to your point, right? It's the inward work is really thinking about like what are the things that I've always been interested in? What are the things that have always made me angry? Like why can't we solve that problem? What are the things that like bring me the most joy? I instantly smile when mm. I think of that or I see that or I encounter that. What are the things that to your point that I dream about? over and over and over again. And even though I don't know how I'm going to become that thing, I keep dreaming or thinking about that thing, right? Absolutely. That's a bread, that's a breadcrumb, write it down. Because if, if you pursue a thing that is not aligned with who you truly are, you're going to one day learn to resent it. Like, man, why am I doing this thing? Right. And we have so many people out there in the world who are doing things um, just because, just to make it. Right. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. We got to make it. We got to eat. Yeah. Um, but I think people like you and people like me have to continue to tell everyone else that there's a better way. Mm. That there's a better life. Absolutely. And, and you can and you can achieve that. Yeah. There, there's nothing stopping you from being great. But you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, if, if you you're the first person that will put doubt in your mind before others do. 100%. So, you know, you, you have to start with you. You have to, and, and I speak on mindset so much because it, for me, it starts with the mind. You, you give yourself the thought that I am not as good or I am not as great or I can never be X, Y, and Z. Well, no, you're not supposed to be X, Y, and Z, you're supposed to be you. You be the best you, and you by you doing that, you can be above them. You know, you're you're killing the platform or the, the level of your greatness by comparing, uh, for one, you know, the others. It, and there's nothing wrong with studying the process that it took for them to get where they are. Right. But you have to understand that that process was crafted for them. It was yes. their journey, their path, right? Yes. So you learn from what they faced, but and oftentimes you have to create your own, even though That's that right. the, the 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 categories or the the end goal may be similar. But you have to go through your own tests, you have to go through your own trials in order for you to create and be the best you possible. Um, that's what the hustle piece of unapologetic hustle is, right? Um, You have to identify what your purpose is, put forth the action, right? Activating that 
Um, but you have to have the mindset in order to sustain it because it's not going to be easy. It's, it's right. your role that you're traveling, but it will never be easy. And it's not supposed to be because you're supposed to, we, we can't, we can't go and just make a diamond, right? Yeah. Diamonds have to come through immense pressure, yeah. time and effort. And then even once it, a diamond is formed, somebody has to go through the, the extent of digging finding, safeguarding, and extracting what that diamond is, right? That's yeah. that's the life cycle, right? In order for somebody to say, oh, well, it's worth X, Y, and Z. Well, diamonds, you're, you're worth what you're worth, right? Um, yeah. But you have to understand what your purpose is in order to, to activate any hustle um, and, and change the community. So, man, it's, it's, it starts with the mindset. I, I'm a firm believer of that. 100%. There's a, um, I visited uh, the Facebook headquarters some years ago. It was a part of a women veterans program. And we, the, the program was held in the room where uh, Facebook has hackathons, right? So yep. whenever they add new functionality to Facebook, right, they change up the buttons, how it, how it looks, all those things, they bring their, their, you know, their really smart coders into a room and they'll lock them in that room for like 12, 18, 24 hours, right? Just hacking away, right? Hacking, literally hacking away at um, different courses of action. Change the button here, move it there, add this, whatever. And then that's how they come up with their ideas, right? Mm. So they're in this room and there's food and, you know, music. And it's just, I mean, it is just literally a room where ideas are flowing and, and you know, creativity is happening. I brought that up to say that there's this huge sign and I took a picture of it and I, and I I've said it ever since I've seen it. Huge sign on the wall, and it says "Fail Forward." Mm. And I and I loved it. Yeah. I said, "Oh, that that's it," because to your point, right? In order to truly achieve greatness, to achieve a goal, you have to be comfortable with the fact that you will fail. Right. But that's not the end of the story. Right. So uh, I, we're, Einstein, uh, you know, I'm going to mess up the mess up the <laughs> quote, but Einstein said, he, you know, you know, failed this many times at a thing. But he but he, he failed that many times to get to the answer, the one answer. And all he needed was, was that one. one. Yeah. Answer. Yeah. But to your point, if you are not willing to go through right, the the bumps in a row, the bruises, the failures, the heartache and the tears then you won't achieve your true greatness, right? Because greatness is is born not of not only but you know success, but pain as well. And the lessons that you learn from that, because that is your legacy. Absolutely. Like, so it's not just the the good stuff that I'm leaving behind, but it's the lessons. Yeah. You know th that's that's why I, that's why I come out of the gate swinging with saying, listen, be good at what you do, be dope, and don't let anybody question you on that. Because I have been in situations where I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Yeah. And I had a title and I had a role and I was and I was half it, half in it. Right. Like I was just, hey, I'm a West Pointer. Right. Black, I'm a black woman. <laughs> represent. Right. Trying to try no, to use the clout. No, yeah. 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 No, Mary, you got to actually be a good officer. Like, stop playing. Right. Like, you have to know your weapon systems. You have to know your job. You have to know, 
you know, those regulations. Like, stop playing. Right. And, and step your game up, right? And so, but very few people will tell you that. Like, I'll, I'll tell all my mentees, like, stop playing. You can, <laughs> you, can, you can even schedule a meeting with me correctly. Man. Like, so I know what you're doing on the job. So let's let's talk about, let's talk about what excellence is. And my mentors don't let up off of me either. Yeah. You know, they'll tell me in a minute, Mary, you procrastinate. You're not getting it done, right? So... So to be able to hear even that, right, the critique, right, where somebody is like pushing you to be better, that's a part of the journey too. It's not enough to just be like, I'm great, I know my purpose. It's not even enough to be like, okay, I grind. Because if you stay up all night long working on a project, but that project is trash, then what did you just do? Yeah, you wasted time. You, I, you oh, grind I grind, with it. I grind. No, you, no, actually, do you? You actually just, you know, collect trash is what you do, yeah. right? But, but, but who? But but being able to take that, take someone hearing that and saying, you can be better. Right. You can do better. I know better is in you. That's rough. It's rough, but it's worth it. And to your point, it is a it is a part of the hustle. The yeah. hustle is that, too, is getting better, even as you, you work towards your dreams. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think words, words are powerful, right? Um, yeah. Because the words that you hear often uh, dictate, you know, how your emotions and, and everything come into play. So when people hear, hear fail, it's often brought with I've lost, I've, yeah, I've, I have yeah. not succeeded, I have not met what needs to happen. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that you change, you, you have to flip everything on its head, right? Especially when it comes to negativity. Yeah. Failure doesn't mean loss. Failure from my vantage point, from the, from the mind of hustle is, is failure is a lesson. You yeah, know, what absolutely. did you learn? What did you learn in that in that instance that you will not do or you can do better in order to get it right the next time? Right. Right. So in every in every failure, there's a lesson in this. That's the key thing. You have to learn what the lessons are in order to to get better. Right. Because we, we don't want to run around here aimlessly, you know, uh, Ex, you know, exercising the, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over yeah. and over, expecting a different result. Right. Yeah. Um, we have to identify what the changes are, um, put some thought into what we can do better uh, and then activate that aspect. Right. That's how, you know, the greats have done it. That's why Einstein yeah. went through the years that he went through to come up with E equals MC squared. Now right, you got right, people, yeah. you know, going through their things, trying to detest what that did. But it remains relevant till this day. That's why Apple is apple you know mm -hmm. right 100%. Nope. <laughs> you know well, uh, i mean you have to to your point though you know you have to seek out that understanding too right One absolutely best lessons my mentor taught me is like mary when you apply for a job and you don't get the job not only send a follow-up email saying thank you for the opportunity but ask them what could you have done better right oh, that changed everything for me right what could you have done better Sometimes we don't seek out the critique mm. and then and then we rest in. Oh, I don't know how why I didn't get it. I don't know why that didn't happen. Oh, they just some haters. Right. No, right. No, 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 no. It, they could be haters. They really could. Let me let me not say that. There are some <laughs> haters out there. Right. But but what if you created a habit, a lifestyle habit of seeking out those lessons, learned, mm. seeking out ways to be better right now? Like it, the byproduct of that is actually humility, right? Absolutely. You become more humble 
um, as a leader. And that that translates over to how you treat others, pe- other people, too, those that you lead. Right? right. So if you are constantly believing, knowing, thinking, man, I, you know, what ways can I do this better Then the way you treat your people changes as well? And if you and if you're a business owner, the way you treat your customers changes as well. Right. So you don't go on thinking that the product that you produced a year ago is is still the same dope dopeness right. that it needs to be today. Now, how can I deliver better to my customer? How can I deliver a better product? Is it packaging? Is it what it provides to people? Is it marketing? Is it all of those things, right? Always seeking to be better. That is a that is a way of thinking. That's a mindset. Yeah. That is a mindset. Yeah. And oftentimes, and you can see it from, I love it, you can see it from uh, the iPhone, right? Oftentimes, the iPhone literally changes like the placement of the camera on the, <laughs> on the phone. And folks will literally go out and pay $1,100 more every 18 months. For the placement. For, for the placement of a camera on the phone. Right. But iPhone has created, get this, a, a, an environment of continuous process improvement. Right. You know that every 18 months, iPhone, Apple is seeking to improve upon the product that they just made to become, to, to produce a better product for the customers that it serves. Facts. Man. Facts. No, that's, so, that's real. So, so, so iPhone literally is built around the idea that we will continuously outdo ourselves, outproduce ourselves, pre, uh, create a different or a better product. And that's how we are addicted, right? We yeah. are addicted to this product. <laughs> Everything I own is Apple. What if I took that mindset and applied it to myself? That I'm only as good as my last success. Yeah. You, and what then am you I always make have myself a, better? Yeah, you always have a goal to, to achieve. Yeah. You always have something to to push forward with, you know, to strive towards. And and that's 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 another thing that uh, people get comfortable and complacent. They achieve a goal and then stop. And then right. wonder why they fell off or they're no longer relevant or whatever the case may be. It's like, right. how do you get to the mountaintop and stop? You know, like, right. you know, so you, you got up there and you brought no food. You brought nothing to to entertain <laughs> yourself. You you did nothing. So now you got to go right, right back down the mountain to, to climb it again. So, right. you know, no, it's. Okay, I get to the mountaintop. Oh, now I see a taller mountain. Let me uh, have the tools to build a bridge or a swing or whatever to get to that one. You know, how do I remain relevant um, as the times change? You know, um, is right. <laughs> it, it amazes me that you know we, we you just talked about how Apple uh, built a model for continuous improvement, right? And yeah. another individual, you know. Or another organization that does it is is Chick Fil A. Theirs is built around yeah. service, right? You can yeah. see a Chick Fil A line wrapped around the building, and you know my family and I we we call it it's the trap. You know that's just, <laughs> it's just that's the one trap house you're gonna sit in line and you don't have to worry about the police coming to you. <laughs> right, I mean right. it just it it is what it is. It's it's right. the trap. <laughs> so right. uh, but you know they built they built that model around service right because right. you you you're now waiting just to hear uh you know what they the catchphrase that they say at the end when you get your bag <laughs> you know what I'm saying so that's that's what it's built around but. I often say that 
your purpose and your why is not for you. Your purpose and your why is for service. Your purpose is yeah. your service, right? You can't you can't be the best you to be the best, you know, to hold it in, right? It's not yeah. for you to to write the book and then never share it. Your right. <laughs> what you what you gain and by from you learning and growing and evolving is for you to share to others because you may be the the fertilizer somebody needs to be the next Elon Musk, right? Right. You may be the the water that somebody needs to be the next Barack Obama, right? Yeah. You your purpose and your lessons in life often become fertilizer and nutrients for somebody else to achieve their best selves. So if I hold in what I hold, then I am not fulfilling my purpose in the service aspect of being unapologetic and hustling, right? Yeah. Um, it it. It's an outward expression, 100%, um, but it leaves the legacy. So now, you know, God rest his soul, R.I.P. Kobe, the impact that Kobe had on the world, a lot of people didn't realize it until he was gone. Right. You know, the world shut down. Yeah. Kobe died, then we had COVID. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean. You know, I, I, would, I would submit to you that. In life or death, you will fulfill your purpose. Yes. So even if you don't fulfill your purpose while you're alive, your death will serve as a warning uh, to those who are still living. It will serve as an example. Absolutely. Um, it will teach a lesson. The The key, though, is you want to be able to not only, because it speaks to what I said earlier, and this is what I'm, I'm beginning to learn. It's what I wrestle with every day, right? Being Because I feel like I'm called to a life of service. Mm. But then sometimes I get, I feel, I get salty. Right. Because let's let's go real talk. I'm 40 years old, just turned 40 uh, this past July. Um, I'm not married and I don't have any biological children. I've worked my entire life mm. as a public servant. I started getting a little salty. Right. Like a few weeks ago, like, Lord, I mean, I know I've I've done some good stuff. And, you know, people tell me I've done some good. And right. I right. Feel like I'm on the right track. But. Uh, I know you don't mean for my life to be raggedy too. Like right. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna celebrate it. Yeah, you know Netflix and chill, and I yeah, wanna, yeah. you know, I all the things. I wanna be able to leave, leave something to someone that carries my name Absolutely. on my seed. I, I want that, right? Absolutely. Um, but I don't. But I don't have. So if you're not careful, if we if we center our purpose around just service to others. We can become salty and resentful mm -hmm. of the impact, the personal impact that pursuing your purpose has. Right. right. So to your point, you were talking about writing a book. Yeah. The process of writing a book can, if you let it, can heal your trauma. You can actually end up being a better person at the conclusion of writing your book, like a better person, just able to communicate more. You don't hurt as much. You forgive somebody that you held on to resentment your entire life. Right. You're more clear about the world and, and you release this book that just changes the world. Mm. So this is I'm sharing. With I mean, we're going to speak that real time, real time <laughs> revelation, right? Like Mary. It's your bad if your whole life is just other people because God didn't give you your purpose and your giftings and your callings just so that you can pour it out and you never reap the benefits, the benefits right? of it. Yeah. Here goes my, my churchiness coming out of me. The Bible says that God will have us to prosper even as our soul prospers. Right. So mm. 
like, hey, while we if if we are truly like tapping into our purpose and who we are, we're gonna find like there's gonna be like this this twofold blessing, right? right. Where, hey, I'm my bank account gonna be all right, my family gonna be all right, and those around me are gonna be blessed, right? And and I think too much of one thing sets it off balance and creates resentment if we're not careful. Yeah, um, that's, I think that's if, if it's too much on the personal side. It creates, um, you know, a sense of not being content and fulfilled, right? That's how people, you can look at folks that got everything in the world and, and have what's nothing. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, what yeah. you complaining for? And then you got the folks, you know, who will spend their whole lives in service. You know, I, you can't see me, but I'm like pointing at me. <laughs> and then it's going like, man, my personal life is trash. So, you know, I, I am saying this, you know, publicly because I'm growing in this area, mm. right? Where, man, Mary, there is a better way. So pursue it, even as you pursue greatness, right? Pursue what that looks like. Right. Yeah, I, I had a conversation. It's probably been about three weeks with, with um, a friend of mine. And um, the conversation was, you know, it's one thing to build. It's one thing to hustle. It's one thing to, to strive to have all of these things. Um, but, again, there's there's something about having hindsight, right? Um, yeah. You know, if if you can't reflect on building in the moment, then mm-hmm. once you achieve the goal, the That's moment good. have would have surpassed. So as yeah. you're building, you have to remain in the moment of what you're building, right? Because yeah. it's about the perception. Um, and actually, actually, yesterday I was talking with my father-in-law, and you know, he he is a entrepreneur mind in in his own right, um, and he he was telling me about a time as to where. You know, he was like, I can take the kids to the pool, bring my computer, I can knock out something, so on and so forth. But the conversation came up where his younger daughter um, mentions like, Dad, can you swim? And, you know, he it brought him back to that time to where it's like, yeah, I used to take y'all to the pool all the time. Um, mm-hmm. But they never recall him actually being in the pool because mm-hmm. he saw it as a way of, hey, I I can they can go swimming. Um, I've taught them how to swim, but I can knock out X, Y, and Z because I'm providing a way for the family to eat and survive, right? But mm-hmm. hindsight is twenty twenty. Now it's like, you know, the kids are asking them, Dad, you know how to swim? Well, yeah, he does, but <laughs> they never saw him swim right. in that aspect yeah, because he wasn't in good. the moment with, with them at that point in time for them to have that memory, have that information and those lessons that – he is capable of doing those things. So you have to, even though that, yes, I, I say activate your hustle, discipline over distractions, all of that stuff, but you have to live in the moment. The moment yeah. now has to be relevant or the future will be non-existent. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yo. Um, hey, for those of you just tuning in, we got a lot of people tuning in. It's your boy Marcus Stone, a.k.a. Hustle Man. Uh, we're coming to you live from Globe Life Park. Um, you know, we're powered by Fishbowl Radio Network and Bashani Radio app. My guest today is none other than Miss Mary Tobin, and we've been having, I mean, a blast with this kind of I've been enjoying this one. So, um, <laughs> but, yo, we're going to take a quick break, um, and when we come back, man, we're going to hit the second hour with Miss Mary Tobin. Uh, stay tuned. Stay locked on Apologetic Hustle. We'll be right back. Hey! 
this is Cheryl, host of the Cheryl Boggs Show, resting in his word, broadcasting live each week on Mondays from 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time from FBRN Studios at Globe Life Park in Arlington, Texas. Log on to hear from gospel recording artists, authors, segments, and most of all, finding rest in the word of the Lord. So be sure to log on each week on Mondays from 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time to catch the Cheryl Boggs Show, resting in his word on FishbowlRadioNetwork.com. Jump in! Fishbowl Radio Network has your cure for the summertime blues with our new Kids Show Experience, a fun and creative way for parents to interact with their children. Your kids can become radio hosts for a day and have their show aired over the largest internet radio platform in the world, right here at our beautiful facility at Globe Life Park, where the Rangers play. Spots are limited, so call us now at 817-633-4880 to secure yours. The Kids Show Experience. Jump in. On September 11, 2001, nearly 3,000 Americans lost their lives, including hundreds of first responders who stepped up when our country needed them the most. We're seeing that same bravery from our frontline workers who risked their lives battling an invisible enemy. The sense of unity displayed in the days following 9-11 and during our current crisis exemplifies the strength of our national character and inspires us to honor the legacy of those lost as well as those who still lead the charge. Hello, we are It's About the Kids Incorporated. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization that operates out of Dallas, Texas. Our mission is to focus on the kids of today who will become the youth of tomorrow and the adult of the future. Today, tomorrow, the future. Empowering the community one family at a time. You can reach us at all social media platforms at It's About the Kids or online at www.itsaboutthekids.org. Where we mentor a child, save a life. When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? When floodwaters reach your door? When wildfires are engulfing the edge of your neighborhood? Or an earthquake is destroying buildings? Or is the best time, perhaps, today? During a disaster, you may not be able to stay in touch with your family or friends as easily as you think. Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. FBRN dot US Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. With sex, power, fame, and all the moolah Thinking that shit is gon' ease the pain I know I foolish Messed around and I done got in bed with the abuser The cover of my pain I just go head to the jeweler Get chained up My flaws got me all chained up I can't get free if I keep my chains tucked See my pop 
put his hands on my mom, I know how pain look I try my hardest not to give someone the same look I've been forgiven, but it don't matter how long change took We levitate and letting Holy Spirit change us We letting everything go, nothing contain us Stay solid through all the doubt, you know I ain't budge But now I can't Expect to be great, but your hustle don't match. Listen, I hustle over time, attempt to push the culture forward. It's that real shit, make a meal with that little gift. Everybody on a hustle, we can make a real shift. So keep your head up, youngin', and just keep on moving. And if you ain't hustling, then I don't know what you're doing. The time is now. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hey, yo, man, we're back, man. It's your boy, Marcus Stone, a.k.a. Hustle, man. We're coming to you live from Glow Life Park, powered by Fishbone Radio Network and Bashani Radio app, man. And uh, I got to say, that first hour was amazing, yo. But uh, I'm glad that y'all still here and tuned in for the second hour. My guest today is none other than Miss Mary Tobin, man, and we have been going through a lot of information, a lot of nuggets. So if you're just now tuning in, make sure you go back and, and catch the, the replay. Um, but, Mary, let's jump back in. Let's jump back in. Yo, so um, welcome back to The Hustle for, 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 for sure on that. Um, but I want to I take a little time. Let's talk about your current role in The Mission Continues and what, what that's about. Yeah, so I am the executive director uh, for the Eastern region of a national nonprofit called the Mission Continues. And essentially what the Mission Continues does is we train veterans um, to go back into their local communities and to support the operations and the people that are doing uh, the amazing work to change generational poverty, to change uh, and address violence, to address food insecurity and, and all those societal ills that are impacting a lot of our under-resourced communities, right? So uh, we do a lot of work in terms of community development, 
you'll see us working in everything from schools to shelters to harvesting food, um, especially now when food insecurity is is, is such a, a prevalent problem in the right. country due to COVID and unemployment. And so I get a kick out of being able to do that in 26 cities, including Puerto Rico. Um, so I lucked what? out in that respect that, that Puerto Rico <laughs> is a part of my, my purview. Um, but we, we get to train uh, hundreds of veterans each year, and we work with thousands of veterans every single year in communities all throughout the country. And so, um, you know, I want to encourage any veterans who may be listening right now um, to find a local platoon in your city, right? And so these platoons are, are led by veterans and comprised of veterans and, and non-veterans in the community. And I mean, there are probably no less than 25 different projects happening right now since mm. we've been on this podcast and thousands of people are getting fed each week. Wow. Communities are being changed. And I'm so glad to be a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's big. Uh, you know, we serve for those that don't know, Mary and I served together uh, over in Iraq and, um, you know, you know, helping vet fellow veterans, um, is definitely a passion and, and there's a purpose in it, right? Um, oftentimes we we get the recognition when we have the uniform on, but uh, once it comes off, um, a lot of veterans often feel that they're forgotten, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's a that's a hard stigma to to break down, a hard paradigm to, to change as well, um, because it, all, it often leads to um, mental issues, uh, insecurities, uh, so on and so forth, right? Uh, that that wreaks havoc on the veteran population. Um, but just from a a vantage point, um, the veteran population is already small. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, um, to to say that it is a volunteer service. There's no longer the drafting uh, aspect, but the volunteer capacity of it there's only one to two percent of the the population that actually joins that's not those that want to join and couldn't but those that were actually able to and actually put forth the time and invested um to become whether it's a sailor soldier marine whatever the case may be any service so um those numbers are are critical so to for that small population to then feel like they're no longer valued um, yeah. is disheartening. So you will hear me uh, and see on this platform the the support for veterans in, in various capacities. Uh, one, because I am one. Two, because I see the struggle that a lot of them uh, and a lot of our, our fellow service members go through. Um, but it's organizations just like the Mission Continues that continue to shine the light um, on what is going on. So we can't forget about these individuals. Um, and, and more importantly, we can't forget about the families, um, especially for those that, you know, for those service members that paid the ultimate sacrifice. So Mary, how, how can individuals get, um, offer assistance or become part of the platoons? Is there a, a website or social yeah. media handles that they can, they can look up? Absolutely. So we are on all the socials and our name is The Mission Continues. Um, you can also go to the website, which is www.missioncontinues.org. And you can literally go to a map and locate the platoon um, closest to you. Mm. And I love, you know, what you were talking about in terms of veterans finding a sense of purpose again and a sense of value. 
you know, there's been scientific research to show that um, when veterans tap into a sense of purpose as it relates to serving others, right? So especially right. community service, then that has a positive uh, impact on mental health and mental health and well-being, right? So I just know that I began with Mission Continues as a volunteer, and I did not know how much I missed the connectedness with other veterans, the sense of worth, right? right. That I brought a skill that was needed. Absolutely. And, and one of the things that this organization does is that it creates a sense of value based off of all the skills and experiences you've already had, right? So mm. I know that there are many organizations that, you know, that I love, that I've benefited from, that really address um, the needs, the medical needs, and maybe even the financial and employment needs of a veteran, right? So it's, I'm coming to you because I need something. Um, we're asking veterans to come to the Michigan Continues because you bring something. Right. You have something to offer. And that communities and and amazing communities and leaders who are doing the work to change these uh, change these communities for the better, they need you too, right? And it and I often say, when you put when you team up a veteran with a strong, resilient community that just needs a little extra push, magic happens. Oh yeah. And so I want to invite you know veterans and civilians because we have families, the kids are all over our projects, painting murals and helping us to you know, to retread uh, tracks and, and playgrounds, all of that. I'm asking everyone, you know, if you really want to get involved in this, to please come and know that you're coming because we already value what you bring. And, mm. you know, worst case scenario, you're going to get a little paint on your shirt, um, <laughs> but you're going to gain a family. And so, you know, the Mission Continues is more than just a nonprofit organization. It is a family of people committed to a lifetime of service. Mm. That's big. That's big. In the words of Mary Tobin, ladies and gentlemen, the mission continues. Definitely. Um, so make sure that you, you go to all, you know, follow them, like them, subscribe on all of the social platforms. Uh, but if you want to be involved, make sure you, you find that, that local platoon. Um, if anything, just offer assistance. You know, even, even as they do the projects, you might see where they're doing something. Bring them a case of water or, or something. Um, you know, but be the change again I, I can't say that any you know any clearer be the change that you want to see in your community um and it, and it starts with it starts with you um you have to change yourself in order to change the community so uh, we have to continue to look inward what can i do more uh in order to bring the the necessary changes uh that we we desperately need uh in our communities so um let's let's be that x factor uh each one of us has it in us so but Mary, look, um, there's a lot of stuff that that has been going on for years, but um, it's, it's even more prevalent now. Uh, and the clarion call seems like it has finally sounded loud enough for for individuals to come together uh, to fight for uh, systemic change, um, to bring awareness to issues that that have plagued our communities. Um, it is. I know that I have a, a interesting vantage point, um, and I, I would second that you have a sim that similar uh, vantage point as well, being that we both served, and that this movement is not about the flag. Right. You know, um, this this movement and this this call is about what we what the flag is supposed to stand for. Right. Mm -hmm. The reason why we fought 
um, and why we put our lives on the line for people that we would not even we, we will never meet everybody that we we fought to serve right um, but we signed a contract to give our life for this country and for the people within it but to then come home to that same country um, and to have an instance where our life can be taken because of what we look like or the stigmas and profiles that are associated with our skin color um, is is rampant in our communities. Um, but I don't want to just shine light there, but there's there's blame in our communities as well, right? We have to take care of ourselves and stop doing it to ourselves so that we can be and, and show the actual necessary what our worth is, right? Um, we, we just can't continue to point the finger and we don't change anything within our communities. So help me, I mean, we haven't talked about it, so I, I'm, I'm eager to hear what, what you've seen in your community, um, things that you've done, uh, actionable items that we may be able to take and bring to our community so that we can see that change and see a change for the better. Right, yeah, so um, if you, if ever worked for me, you'll know that I, I abide by the three for one rule, which means if you're bringing me one problem, you better bring me three solutions. Mm. And, and so my mind is wired to view every problem or challenge that I experience or we experience as a country through the lens of solutions. Right. right. So, um, you know, I just, you know, that's why when we look at the, the problems that are so persistent, especially in the black community, it's very hard to see solutions because there's so many problems, right? There's so many right. challenges. And I think one of the things that I quickly learned in, especially when I was doing um, uh, poverty work in Brooklyn, New York, some years ago, that even if you chose to address one issue, you had to address three more. So for instance, my, my role in as an executive director of a nonprofit in Brooklyn, I was to address poverty, but I was to do so um, through bringing more employment opportunities to the community. Now, that was a community that the particular community I worked in um, was labeled the third most dangerous uh, community in, in New York. It uh, was the highest concentration of public housing in the country. Um, the poverty was rampant, persistent, and had been there for decades. Wow. And so me coming in to have to address unemployment issues, um, you know, I had my work cut out for me. One of the first things that I realized, what I found out was um, almost 65% of the young black men in that community had had some type of engagement or touch point with the justice system, meaning that they had been arrested. So wow. they, they probably had a record. Now, that didn't mean that they necessarily had felonies, but it means that there was a record that followed them. And as it stands, the employment organizations who were working in that community to bring jobs to those, those young men and women who lived there, they were bringing mostly jobs that didn't hire people with records. So they would report out data to the media and other city agencies. We just can't find these poor black folks a job. Mm. Well, look at the types of opportunities you're bringing. So I surveyed some of my partners, you know, employment partners that I'm working with. And I said, hey, I'm y'all need to bring me jobs where if I have a record, I can still get the job. They claimed they couldn't find any. Right. So I said, I'm not working with you anymore. Wow. That was controversial. 
because I, I was one of the largest, and when I say largest nonprofits, I mean the one with one of the larger checkbooks that worked in that community. And by me saying out loud, I don't want to work with you if you can't bring me jobs that people can actually get, it was controversial. They thought I was being arrogant. They thought I was, you know, that I was going to fail. I found a particular partner who then brought seasonal and full-time jobs that would allow folks who had been incarcerated to at least on a probationary level, get the job. Mm. I also created a program where we did those, we, we, on the days of the job fairs, you came in early. We made sure that you were dressed properly. We redid your resumes. If you had to wait in line for hours, I would go and pick up pizza. We would feed folks. We would uh, hold their places in line for job interviews so they can go get their kids. And when they brought their kids back to the community center, we would put them up in a room full of toys and coloring books. And I let them write all over my my whiteboard. Wow. If you are trying to solve one problem, especially one of poverty, poverty built on systemic racism, then you can't get mad if you do that one thing and it doesn't work. It is systemic oppression. It is systemic poverty. So you better come up with a system to address it. And so my system was, if you come to my community center for looking for a job opportunity, you weren't just gonna get a job opportunity. You were gonna get support and access and help and encouragement and a safe place for your kids to play if you needed to. And and that so that is if I if I'm looking at solutions for how we address this, you can't just go in, my man, and say I started a basketball program for these kids, but half my kids still won't get out of the game and they just don't want no help and we just don't want to be better. No. You're not only are you short sighted, but you're arrogant in your assessment of the problem. Mm. Because if that young man if it took that young man everything to even make it to your practice. He doesn't have shoes for the practice. He's hungry because his his guardian, whoever that may be, um, can't keep food in the house. He also takes care of his younger siblings every single day. And all the only peace and respite he has is that 45 minutes with you and the gang members who he encounters on the way back home. They give him money to feed his kids, feed right. his, his siblings. So now we 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 criticize and critique each other. Through one lens, when the problem is systemic and is complex. So shame on us for how we view our people mm. and being intellectually lazy and working to solve the problem. So you, I get passionate about this because it took me revisiting my roots as right. an adult and as a leader to realize that I was even judging my people through the wrong lens. No, nobody wants to be poor. Nobody wants to be on drugs. You you talk to the average d- drug dealer, they want a better way because they know that their end is jail or death. Right. They want a better way. But we got to show them a better way. And, and we and criticizing them from afar without providing real access to resources, real support mm. that is sustainable. Right. Now, now that's where we become elitist. Right. I challenge. So everybody who who says that, I go, man, how, when's the last time you spent some time in the hood, like really in the hood, and and really took a look at the at the, the challenges that are happening there? Because I, I want you to be overwhelmed by the complexity, but I want you to tap into your gifts and figure out, okay, if I, if I brought my gifts back to my people, what would that look like, and what other things should I be connected to? So that gift isn't either rejected and or it is sustainable. 
Mm. Right. It has to be sustainable. So that's just that's just one example um, of of what I've done. But, you know, I'm, I'm making the overall point that, you know, the problems are complex. Therefore, the solutions have to be complex. And and yeah, um, no, that's that's big. And in, in the fact that I mean, it didn't. This systemic stuff didn't happen overnight, right? So it it, it took a while to put it in place, and it's going to take even longer to dismantle it. One hundred percent. But the the objectives still remain the same, right? Yeah. We have to look at we have to look at the situations from a from a different lens, and that lens yeah. starts with self. Um, yes. what, what can I bring to the table versus take away from the table? Um, as opposed to if I see a deficiency, um, bringing a solution or three solutions to what that deficiency is versus just utilizing, oh, well, it'll never change. Well, of right. course, it'll never change if we don't do anything about it. Right. Yeah. So your voice has power. A hundred percent. So you have to exercise the gifts and the platforms that you have, right? You influence what your circle is, yeah. right? So if you're tied to the hood, the ghetto, whatever term people want to use, or I, I often say the the impoverished communities. Um, yeah. You know, if if you're tied to that, how do you effectively change it? Well, you you have to start with one because we don't know. Yeah. You know, even a fire starts from a spark. Sure. You know what I mean? So we don't know what what action is going to be the spark to change what we're looking to get changed, right? Um, right. It, it's taken several deaths uh, in our community to get to this point. You know, we, we have we had the civil rights era. We had, you know, Jim Crow, all that stuff um, to get to where we are now. Now we have to now face with... How do we change the perception of of individuals' minds, right? That my color is not a crime, right? So um, my where I I lived in in these red line districts that that were built um, is not a crime, you know. Um, that I have something to bring to the table, and you have to be willing to listen. You have to be willing to listen to what I have great. What I present is better for everybody, not just for me, right? So um, how do we, and I guess I'm, I'm just asking questions because I like to, yeah. I like to be with like-minded individuals so I can improve myself. So yeah. how do we, one, come together in the aspect of what the current time presents us, right? Because yeah. the clarity call has been, as far as I can remember, the loudest as it's, as it's ever been. Yes. Um, yes. And the fact that it's, it's not, it's still going on, right? The voice is still being shouted. We're still out there protesting. People are still looking to, to um, change laws. And, you know, it's still relevant, right? It hasn't died in the microwave society. What right. What can we do to continue to push the cause forward? Because... It's needed, right? I don't want people to burn out in that aspect. Um, what are some actionable things that you think, from your vantage point, that can be done in, in everybody's community? Right. Um, you know, one, and I love that you keep returning to this this notion of self. 
we first must believe and understand that we all have a role in the movement. Mm. We all have a role in the movement, regardless of race, color, creed, ethnicity, orientation, ability, age. We all have a role. So no one gets no one gets a pass. No one gets to sit out the movement. No one. Right. Right. Because I mean, there was a there was a old quote that says silence is consent. I would go a little bit further. Silence is dangerous and is deadly at mm. this point, right? There must be, you you must, we must actively seek out what is our role in the movement, right? So I think, you know, one of the, I think one of the misconceptions of the societal unrest and the change that you see happening right now is that it is the protesters that are, um, that, that, well, protesting is the way you make change. Protesting is one leg Absolutely. Of, of this movement. And what's happening is a lot of people, they're going, for whatever reason, if I don't protest or if I did protest or if I can't protest, right? Take me, um, I'm disabled. And so, you know, I can, I, can, I can give you about 10, 15 minutes before I got to sit down <laughs> every 15 seconds. Like, right. I'm not going to make the march, right? Right. And people are going to be mad at me. Like, they're going to call me a lazy marcher, right? Um, but, but. For me, it is taking me once I get past like the selfless, the selfishness of my guilt around the fact that I can't protest. Then I realize it is my writing and it is my voice mm. that is needed in this movement. Yeah, it is my it is my thinking because I'm a strategist, so I think in strategy. And but if I if if I'm not careful, I will allow myself to believe that the movement is only in protesting, not understanding that protesters. Young people and old people who are out there in these streets doing this, they have their place. They are bringing awareness and Absolutely. fight and attention. So if they're bringing that part, what what are the rest of us doing? Right? Uh, and, and and the answer can't just be voting. That The voting is the given. It's the foundation. Mm -hmm. But what is it that we're doing, right? So, you know, I have, I have so many... Um, you know, white colleagues, white friends. I mean, people, you know, white people who I consider to be my family members. And, you know, right. Work out, you know, text messages, calls everywhere. Mary, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I want to do something. And I'm like, okay, let me ask you a question. This first thing I said, hey, go to your company real quick and show me a picture of your executive leadership. Mm. Show me your board. Show me middle management. How many people on your teams are people of color, right. women, LGBTQ, disabled, like Muslim, like show me. And then it gets quiet quite often. And then I said, you want to know where to start? Start right there. Mm. And, 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 and then it becomes really clear that one, we have, we have allowed these challenges to remain persistent. Like you just, Breonna Taylor doesn't just get killed randomly. No. No. She she gets killed because of a broken or an unjust system. The system is not broken. It's operating exactly the way it's always supposed to operate. It is unjust. So this unjust system that can create this bogus warrant to go into a person of color's home and to kill that person of color and for her killers to still remain free, that is an unjust system. But that is an unjust system perpetuated by racist Cops, mm -hmm. racist lawyers, racist judges, racist city council members, racist DA, all those things that perpetuate that system, right? So 
So when we talk about how do we address, um, you know, the social unrest and what do we do? Where well, it starts in two places. It starts in your home. So white people be bold enough to tell your racist grandfather and grandmother to stop saying the N word at the table. Absolutely. Like like do that first before you start a, a white fragility book clubs. Do that first. Tell your 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 uncle that's a judge to stop giving young black males four to five years for a mar- for marijuana possession and giving probation and community service to the little white boy. Or Do like that or, first. or like right? the, start, the start in Louisiana the, the uh the case where individual uh the Supreme Court it was just uh they just stayed for uh stealing shears. Uh yes. life sentence. Yes. Yes. Wouldn't hedge, even... hedge clippers. Hedge clippers. Come on, man. A life you sentence know? for hedge clippers? For so some petty so theft? It, start, it starts there. It starts there. It starts with questioning and challenging the makeup, the leadership. I, I often say racism is a leadership challenge. Mm. Like if I'm a leader of, of any organization, it is it is my is a part of my duty and my responsibility to ensure that I have diversity, but diversity of, of thought, as well as diversity of characteristics mm-hmm. and personality and skills and competencies. Then it's also my job to ensure that um, the environment is inclusive, meaning just because I got a bunch of black people and, and Latinx people and you know, you name it, people on my staff, where are they in leadership? Are they at the table making decisions? Are they, are they do they have any power? And then equity, like, you know, do do the people of color in my organization have access to the same opportunities and resources that the white folks in my organization have had for years? And hence why, you know, the top 85 percent of the leadership of my organization is all white and the bottom lower half of the organization. You know, the ground pounders, the people at the bottom, they're all people of color. Right. I have to ask myself why. And then I have to change that I have to, if I have to change hiring practices. Right. If I have to change how, um, you know, equal opportunity complaints are routed, if I if I have to change um, supply chain, like who where are my products coming from? Is it all white people? Because right. I, I know some good some good people of color who can do the same thing. Yeah. Why? Why doesn't my business utilize those same products and those same suppliers? We have to question every aspect of the system. So in order to make it equitable but it literally starts it starts in the home it starts in our community and it starts in our organizations because the only way it makes sense to reply to somebody like how do we how do we change things is somebody just yell vote we gotta vote that's one piece yeah we we keep saying that but but what if someone broke down to you right how important it is to vote for an assistant DA or your DA, because that is the person that controls whether or not Brianna Killers Taylor, Brianna Taylor's killers are brought to justice. Absolutely. Now all of a sudden, I now all of a sudden I'm never forgetting to vote for the DA. Never. Never. So I think a, a wonderful, and this may sound a little bit interesting, but a wonderful byproduct of this social unrest is we are becoming intimately familiar with the levels of leadership in our justice system. In the process, and, yeah. And, and their decision-making and how when we ignored that local election last year, we're now paying, we're now paying for it 
this year, right? So I think that there's this there's this awakening, not just around we need to vote, but the importance of it, the impact of it. So when you so when you have a a local um, activist in St. Louis now, you know, have a shot at becoming a congresswoman, you know, and, and, and I mean, I'm sorry, I might, maybe a senator. I'm, I might be getting that incorrect, but um, but like that's amazing. She went from protesting in the streets to now possibly being in Congress because she gets it and she understands, and it's because it, it devastated racism, devastated her community, right, right. In Ferguson. So right. You know, it all works together. No, it, it does. It does. And it, it brings it, it highlights the importance of why we need to be in tune with our communities and what's relevant to us. Right. Um, it, it speaks to the fact that if all I've ever known was that, uh, you know, the world was a triangle and <laughs> and somebody proved proved me wrong that it is actually round. You have to be open to. A broader perspective than just what you see with your two eyes you have to have different trains of thought different different avenues of approach in order to, to get the full scope of what needs to take place um, and that's why I try to vary um, my what what I allow people to pour into me right um, it's one thing to sit at the top of an organization and you forget what it was like to be the first person coming in the door working at yeah. you know on the assembly line right you yeah. know you can't forget the the beginning and and what it took to get to the top and then become complacent and look at everybody you know begin to look down on those that are now starting that journey right and i think that happens too often uh one in organizations and communities um, to where individuals make it out, so-called make it out metaphorically, um, yeah. to where they never look back to pull anybody mm -hmm. out, right? And, and not in it, you know. I'll take that even further. I'm not even looking to pull anybody out. Why not just create what needs to be done there? there Why you does go. you know what I mean? There so that that's that's the mindset that I have now, um, and I have to admit it. Admittedly, I was like. You know, I'm going to make it out and I'm going to take everybody with me. You know what I mean? Um, right. I'm going to pull you out of But at the same time, I've I've learned that that actually fueled the process of gentrification. Yes, it did. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, oh, now yeah. we have this cheap land, this cheap buildings. Now the ones that have and control majority of the money can go back and now make that a thriving community while pouring in to what we have moved to, which is the, you know, the current thriving, uh, and now rid that with drugs, you know, laws that don't benefit us, tax, you know, all of that stuff to then keep that cycle going. So I am a firm believer that I, and now my mindset is to no longer, hey, I'm not pulling anybody out of anything. I'm strengthening what you currently have. Yes, there and, it is. You know, build your we're going to build the foundation there because if I'm in one area and we get your community back up or our community back up, and now we have two areas. You know, now it now it becomes it has that ripple effect to to affect a lot more than just one community. Um, it becomes the catalyst to change the world. Right. You know? Otherwise, we're just playing poverty musical chairs. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I I, I often say. We 
cure polio put put a man on the moon mm. but somehow we can't figure out how to improve the conditions of a community at the same rate that we improve the conditions of the people and therefore avoid gentrification i don't know like i i contend that we you know we as a society are just intellectually lazy and or we just don't value the people that it impacts and i and i'm often going with b right, um, right. You, know, you would have you would have to value black and brown people to want to not only improve their conditions their the conditions of their of the individual but the conditions of the community as well you know it you know when you look at what makes a community a good community quote unquote you know you'll see access to transportation and and health care and good education and employment opportunities that are accessible and parks say, mm. say parks and you know all the things restaurants and grocery stores that are healthy or have access to healthy food and you know if i can go down all the things that i just named for you and not find one check block in 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 and throw a dart at a map and find an under-resourced or underserved community and right. i can just see you know x after x after x on the things that i just named that determine what makes a good community then after a while, I have to believe that it's intentional because if taxpayers fund education in schools, then why are schools in my communities the worst? Absolutely. If, if, <laughs> if you know, entrepreneurs get to determine or, or large grocery store chain owners get to determine where their grocery stores are and then and they, they don't have any in my community and or they do, but it's the last grocery store on the chain, the supply chain. So all the fruit and vegetables that come to that grocery store are all spoiled and old Absolutely. and they rot right. easy. Like it is intentional, right? So, you know, there's there's a, you know, after a while, to, and, and this speaks to your earlier point about, you know, how do we make these changes in the community? After a while, we have to go upstream to where the problem is, right? So, you know, I... I teach my mentees, and I've, I've talked about this before in other places, the concept of the wrong order, where mm. you are at a restaurant and someone brings you, you know, your waiter or your waitress brings you an order of food, and it, and it may be wrong, right. and the first thing you want to do is catch an attitude with them. And I always ask, I say to my mentee, but who who made the food? And they go, the cook. And I say, so who should you be talking to? And they go, the cook. And I go, okay, so let's say you go talk to the cook, and the cook goes, well, I made the order the way the order came in on the system. Right. And then I go, well, who controls the system? Well, the manager is the one that makes sure that it's okay. Well, then go talk to the manager. The manager goes, well, I try to upgrade the system, but the owner won't put in the money to upgrade the system so that the order won't get messed up. So I asked my mentee, who should you be talking to? And he goes, or she goes, I should be talking to the owner. Yes. So I'm no longer wasting my time uh, condemning, arguing with, debating folks who can't control the system right and so we as a people spend a lot of times hating each other and arguing with each other about problems that even on a good day we can just make a slight dent in we need to learn strategically to go upstream and talk to the owner talk to the system owners talk to those with power and influence and strategically figure out where to apply pressure there if it's money Let's, let's apply pressure with the money. If it's reputation, let's apply pressure with the reputation. If it's all three or all both, let's do that. But our strategy is weak. Hence why some of the changes we attempt to make 
aren't sustainable. Mm -hmm. I believe that much like the civil rights movement, which was all strategic, every mm -hmm. city that was a boycott in, every, you know, every uh, march yep. was strategic, like all, and, and, it's, and this was all in, tangent, in tandem to uh, Supreme Court cases, to uh, local elections, to the Jane Baldwins of the world, writing right. and being on TV and like trying to uh, impact thought around the issue of civil rights Absolutely. and equal justice. These things were working, but they were strategic because Martin Luther King Jr., Bayard Rustin, um, A. Philip Randolph, the architects of the movement knew, they knew that it was it needed to be three-pronged, needed to be multi-pronged, and they knew that you couldn't just hit, um, you couldn't just make some racist guy feel bad about being racist. You had to hit his pockets, but they did so in a way where he couldn't ignore it. Right. And so yep. that's, I think the, the bus, next bus level boycott. of what we're yep. doing now is strategy. So you ask, what do we do now? It's strategy. It is everything we do needs to have a strategy against it. It can't be, oh, Gucci, you put out something racist. Nobody buy Gucci. Half of us can't afford Gucci. That, right. What is that doing? <laughs> <laughs> nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. But who supplies Gucci's fabric? Where's that coming from? Right. Who's making the Who's actual making it? Yeah. clothes? Yeah. It's probably not Gucci. It's probably a partner. And a, it's probably a partner that relies on black and brown people to work there or to some part of the supply chain. Absolutely. There's a way to apply this pressure. We just have to be smarter, you know? And it's hard because there's a lot of emotion attached to all of this. So it's hard to, to see through your emotion to get to the strategy. But there are those of us like me who know my place in the movement yeah. who who go, Mary, don't yell at us just protesting. Put your brain into this. Figure this out. And then and then help empower and teach and motivate and encourage your people. Right? Like so there and I, that's why I love that you have just such a a positive viewpoint on any problems that you know that we talk about because that's the key right if i complain about it then i better have some solutions about it absolutely yeah we can't we can't harp on on the squeaking wheel and and nobody's there to to fix it you know what i mean right you know you got to get to the mechanic or somebody that's that's able to do it or if, if there's yeah. no no mechanic then you need to figure it out you know how do you do it you know the the, the wheels tires you know back in the automobile early ages went from being squared around <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it was it was purpose behind that, right? So um, right. that that's why we have what we have now. So, um, yo, for those of you just tuning in, man, it's your boy Marcus Stone, aka Hustle, man. We're coming to you live from Globe Life Park, powered by Fishbowl Radio Network and Bashani Radio app. Um, my guest today has been none other than the incomparable Mary Tobin, uh, who has been dropping gems for this whole two hours and. Um, Mary, I gotta, I gotta say, you know, I appreciate you giving me time out of your day, my sister, and uh, it <laughs> has pleasure. been definitely amazing. Um, so, but I wanna, I wanna give you a couple minutes just to any final thoughts um, to give to the listeners before we go ahead and close out. Absolutely. Um, you know, if you, if you know me, you know that James Baldwin is one of my heroes. And he has a quote, um, and, I'll, and I'll read it. It says, I love America more than any other country in the world. And exactly for this reason, 
I insist on the right to criticize her perpetually, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, when I think about our roles in society, um, if we want to see our society better, we have to make a demand of society, one that lives up to the ideals of liberty and justice for all. And in making that demand, we also have to realize that power power will never just concede and give us what we want, give us our liberty and our justice without us fighting for it. Hence why we have heroes like Martin Luther King Jr. Absolutely. Um, my, my hero like John Lewis, who just passed away, rest in power, um, who believed that we could be better and we should be better. So they fought for it. You know, I want I want to leave, if nothing else in my life, I want to leave a legacy of one, understanding how dope you are. Right? Mm. We are amazing. We are great. We are unique. And we all have something to offer. And two, when you find that you're in any environment that does not recognize your greatness, that tries to give you less or sell you short, you fight for what you deserve. And you fight for it in the best ways possible in your uniqueness. And you leave something else for somebody else to build on, right? Because if we don't encourage someone else, inspire someone else to be the best version of themselves, then you have wasted your time here on earth. And all we will have of you is your epitaph, right? That dash in the middle Mm. where we sit there wondering, what could he have been? What could she have been? Well, I'm going to live my life answering that question for you. So when you are reading my epitaph, you go, man, she was a heck of a, and boy, didn't she do that. And I'm so (laughs) glad that I can carry that baton, right? So that I can also make the world better. So I just want everybody to know that it is your job to be unapologetically dope, right? While you are being unapologetically dope, make sure that you're always hustling and bringing the best version of yourself to the table. Because the world needs you, and I need you. Man, that's a mic drop. <laughs> that's a mic drop. Yo, so uh, for those of you tuning in, hey, we appreciate you. Know that I love you. Um, but I'm going to close with this. This is your hustle moment. So understand your why, right? And by doing this, you will create the fresh start to pursue a goal or a dream. It's this transformational change um, that occurs when these items are achieved. Don't place any additional shackles to your circumstances and life's journey. Create your destiny and fulfill your legacy's purpose, right? Simply, don't put any additional shackles on what your purpose is because life will give you enough that you have to break through. So that's your hustle moment. Tune in next Saturday. Catch your boy. Until next time, we out of here.